This is Music Ed Amplified. Hey everyone, welcome back to Music Ed Amplified. On this podcast, we dig deep into what it means to be a music teacher, both in and out of the classroom, keeping it real along the way while laughing as loud and often as necessary. As I mentioned in our first episode, an important new segment that I'll be doing on the podcast now and then is called Jedi Training Moment, where we'll focus on issues of justice, equity, diversity, and inclusivity in our personal and professional lives. And in that vein, today, I want to talk about something that happened recently that really bothered me. A while back, I was teaching about Diwali. I love learning new things about traditions and celebrations that are different than my own. Diwali in particular is something I get really excited about presenting at school because we have such a large population of Indian students who celebrate, and it gives me a chance to talk about a faraway place that is beautiful and so rich in culture. It is a real joy to see my Indian students' faces light up as they see themselves and their culture represented in the classroom and as they become co-teachers. And I love to see the students who don't celebrate light up with interest and really learn about something outside of their own personal experience. And of course, along the way, they're gaining a better understanding of their classmates. So when, after one of the lessons, a staff member whispered to me, I sure hope you're going to teach about Christmas, too, as I left the classroom. It stuck with me, and I couldn't shake the frustration I felt with the not-subtle implications of this statement. It is really important to me that every student in my class feels seen and acknowledged, especially those not a part of the dominant culture of our community. If you have listened to me speak before, you might know that I'm a devout Christian and I celebrate Christmas. I'm not ashamed of that, and I love to talk about it and my faith whenever the opportunity arises. But I also understand the truth that the Christmas story and the celebration surrounding it is not a mystery in this country, and there's no dearth of representation for it. Whether or not I teach about it specifically, it is not difficult for students to learn about Christmas. It's everywhere, and not even remotely at risk of being erased. Just look around you even now when I'm recording this in December. You can't go anywhere without bumping into a Christmas tree, hearing Christmas music, or seeing a Santa Claus, maybe even next to a nativity scene. It's all over the houses in your neighborhood, the stores where you shop, wherever you are on social media. Christmas is doing okay, and I'm going to acknowledge it in my classroom in December. But the truth is, I'm going to also talk about Diwali, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and the different Asian New Year celebrations. Is that because I have some intention of trying to convert my students or because I'm trying to eliminate Christmas? Nope. It's because my students have a right to learn and they deserve to be represented in my classroom. I am so happy to have Chris Ann Powers on this new podcast with me. She is a treasured friend and a famed colleague for many years now. Chris has been teaching music since 1995. In 1998, she joined the music department in Greenwich, Connecticut, where she teaches K-5 general music, band, and chorus at Cos Cobb School. Chris's Bachelor of Music is from the Hart School at the University of Hartford, where she first studied with John Feyerabend, and where she also earned her Kodai certificate. She completed her master's degree in education from Sacred Heart University in 2002. Greenwich Public Schools has adopted First Steps in Music for Preschool and Beyond, and Conversational Soulfish as the basis of their new core music curriculum for pre-K through fifth grade. 
let's get to that interview with Chris. So I want to say welcome to former two-term vice president of fame and dual-endorsed fame teacher trainer, the peanut butter to my jelly, and my (laughs) dear friend, Chris Ann Powers. Chris, welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Chris, as I told you, uh, before we dig into kind of the main topic of the episode, how the heck is that COVID teaching going for you? I have some questions for you. Sure. And it will be interesting across the season to hear the different responses to this and the things that are the same. So if you don't mind, what is your current teaching situation and like if you were if you started the school year in one way and changed or if you've just been doing the same thing let us know what you're doing okay well I am really fortunate because I was approved to be a remote teacher this year Uh, it was unclear when I was given that assignment whether I would be teaching students across our entire district that were going remote or if I would be teaching my students at Cobb, And I was so lucky that uh, I was granted permission to be teaching at Cobb. I get to Zoom in for every music class. And my awesome. dear colleague, uh, Megan DeBona, is in the classroom. So she's normally our orchestra teacher. But since oh, we're currently okay. not having orchestra, uh, stay tuned for more details on that. Um, <laughs> she is kind of like my proxy in the room, my co-teacher in the room. So I'm zooming in and she's uh, basically making sure that everything in the lesson that I'm teaching uh, is playing out and that the students are doing what they need to be doing. And if they have questions, they can either ask her or myself. So it's been working out really, really well. When we started out the school year, there was zero singing, um, but we've just started reintroducing singing uh, very Mm -hmm. minimally, uh, doing echo songs, uh, some finger plays, some action songs. The kids are masked? Kids are masked, and they all have these sneeze guards uh, at their desks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So like sitting on the desk. Yes. So it's this like clear uh, film that it's like picture like a, a trifold poster board that's clear. Right. Or like when they have, they're taking a test and they have those partitions on the yes, desk. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So if they're singing, their masks are on and they're behind their sneeze guard. Um, but okay. that's just started. And something that's really interesting is that I don't see K through five right now. I'm only seeing pods. So we're seeing grades one, three, and five, three times a week for 40 minutes for eight weeks. Right. And then after those eight weeks, uh, I will see K to four, three times a week for 40 minutes for eight weeks. So. Okay. And so are the, are the kids in school every day? Kids are K through eight in our district, 11 elementary schools, three middle schools are in five days a week. Okay. If students wanted to opt if students wanted to opt for remote, they, they could, you know, sure choose that. And there are remote teachers that teach uh, those students. Um, right. But I would say out are you of teaching our, from home. I'm teaching Sorry. from home. Yeah. Okay. I'm, this is my I'm setup not at all right here. jealous. <laughs> wow. It's like I'm one of your students because I can see you right now. 
I see you. Uh, Jed calls my setup here Mega Desk. <laughs> oh, I have Mega Desk too. It's just Mega Mess of a desk. <laughs> Yours looks very streamlined. Well, thank um, you. What are the biggest challenges of what you're doing right now? So, for you, remote teaching, you know, from home and not being in that room. You know, it's that connection. You know, just interacting with the kids, talking about like, hey, did you watch that uh, Red Sox game or did you watch the Buccaneers? Because that's where my boyfriend Tom Brady's playing now. Um, <laughs> it's just having those little conversations in the hallway that I just don't yeah. have anymore. I miss that. And I can't jump in and fix things. If something's going wrong, I have to rely on others to help me. And I'm not used to that. So that's... yeah. That's different. And I, and I think the, the other thing that's really challenging is that I feel like it's my first year teaching. Yes, I think many of us are feeling that. Yeah, because all of these tied and true activities that I always did, just I can't do them. They're circle games. They're folk dances. They're hand clapping yeah. games. I can't do those anymore. So it's just looking at things differently. Yeah, sure. What, if anything, are you doing to kind of forward the first steps and or conversational solfege programs with your kids? Are you kind of like, just let it go, doing a little bit, doing it full steam ahead? You know, we're really fortunate that we have a really great music department and many of my colleagues uh, got together this summer as a part of our curriculum institute and they came up with modified first steps and CS units. And to be honest with you, we have watered down a lot because what we're doing sure. is a lot of remediation right now. So, for yeah. example, in second grade, our, in a typical year, our students would have gotten through unit one, would have started unit two, would have gotten through the ear steps of unit four. To be honest with you, as third graders right now, we're reviewing all of that. Yeah, We're reviewing just unit one and unit four, and we're keeping it simple. Because yeah, that's we, good. Yeah, we want to make sure that they have a really solid, you know, foundation so that we can build upon that. And it's hard because some of your students are remote. So they're, you know, even though they're getting, uh, a, uh, they're getting, what is it called? Asynchronous learning, right? When Right. I always get those confused. Yeah, asynchronous, meaning you're, they're not like with you live. You're, exactly. They're doing something on their own. Yeah, Whether so our remote you, students are yeah. get, receiving asynchronous lessons, whereas our face-to-face -face students are getting the live teaching. So it's... Oh, you mean you're not seeing the virtual kids at all? No. Like, they, I mean, in a live Not thing? in a live setting. Hmm. Yeah, so we have a, a t two teachers, three teachers actually in our district that are dedicated just to doing uh, asynchronous lessons for all of the remote students. For music? Yes. Wow. You guys have it together there in Costco. I mean, at least you're like all on the same page, relatively speaking, I'm sure. You know, there's kinks, of course. Sure. And sure. There's, oh, there's questions every day. Am I doing this right? Of course. Is this what's going right. on? Am I in the right cycle right, right. right now? Yes, but, exactly. You know, we, we, I have great colleagues and a great supervisor, and they're just figuring things out. <laughs> all right. This is, I think these two questions are kind of the same. So I think I'm going to ask this one because it's basically saying, you know, what encouragement do you have? But I love this idea. What if the just before summer 2020 started, Chris, 
had the opportunity to speak to the just before the current school year, Chris, you know, what things might you have said? Because I know that for me, when I was getting to the end of the previous school year, which was, you know, like kind of a Band-Aid approach to teaching and we're all virtual and it was, you know, the just back in the old days when the quarantine was new and, you know, fresh in our minds. I remember thinking, I wonder if we're going to have to wear a mask next year. Like, I barely, I just wanted to get to summer. I, I barely wanted to think about the next year. And I just kind of closed my eyes and prayed that, like, some miracle would happen and somehow it would just magically be back to normal. But now when I think about it, I wish I could have said some things to myself back then, you know, in preparation. What kind of things might you say to that, that younger, happier Chris? <laughs> Retire. No. Yes, I'm, exactly. I'm kidding. Listen, I, I thought about it. I thought about it. I joke, Trust people. Me. I joke. Um, no, I, I gave this some thought, and I, I think two things. Make sure that you really lean on your friends, your colleagues for advice, help, tech support, sharing resources, <laughs> sharing a good laugh, sharing a good cry, making sure you have that circle of friends around you to help lift you up on those really, really bad days. And I have to tell you, I'm really blessed to have those friends, not only in my district, but outside of my district, all my fame friends, right? Yeah. Fame BFF right here. Right. Mm -hmm. So definitely leaning on your friends, your colleagues. But then I think I would also say, hey, girl, pick one or two digital platforms and learn them inside and out become an expert Boy, that's good advice yeah because i tell you and and don't get overwhelmed by like i have to have the cutest bitmoji classroom and i have to have the right. newest flashiest thing that dances across the screen no right. get really oh, gosh, good no. at one or two things and have your students get really good at those one or two digital platforms and then you're gonna and then you can build from there but don't mm. overwhelm yourself no oh, that's fantastic advice well where were you before this year started, Chris, <laughs> I could have used that advice. I was digging um, myself let, out of a hole. <laughs> exactly. File that away for the next global pandemic. Exactly. Um, just kidding. Well, I appreciate you answering those questions. I think it's important um, for us all to kind of hear each other's experiences, right, and gain perspectives uh, that are different than ours and some that are the same so we can support and encourage each other uh, or at least we could say like I know what you're going through more than other people do <laughs> the music teachers you know um, every teacher I think that's one interesting thing about all this is I feel like a stronger kinship with all teachers right now because I just know I have not seen a teacher I've seen a lot of people who are very positive and that's their nature you know to be like we're going to do this. This is going to be great. But pretty much every teacher I know is like, yeah, I'm dying. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're very honest about the struggle. And I think that's important to be honest. You, you don't have to be like me and dwell on it and complain about it all the time, but it's important to be, you know, open with the struggles 
or else you're going to start looking around and comparing yourself to other people. And so I think right now is a very healthy time for us to say, yeah, this is hard. And here's what I'm trying to do to make it work well. And here's what's not working so well. Um, but let's move past that. Let's get I'll to why though, I asked you. Oh, whoops. Go ahead. Honestly, though, there are some positives that have yeah, really sure. come out of this. Like, I'll be honest with you. Seesaw. Last yeah. March, when my girlfriend Robin said, hey, you should try using this. I, I was at system overload and I couldn't handle learning another right. saturation. Thing. Yes, totally saturated. And I took some time. She gave me some tutorials. And that's what I, what I talked about, leaning in on your friends and asking for advice and asking for help. Yeah. Sat there, just like what we're doing right now, in a Zoom. She showed me the basics. And I was like, okay, this isn't so scary. Now, if I want to have students sing a solo for me, I say, let's practice classic key. Okay, now that we've practiced that a few times, go into Seesaw and record yourself. 10 minutes where it would have yeah, taken me fantastic. four or five classes to only hear four or five kids. Right. Now, now you can just, hear everybody. I can hear everybody and it's done and it's That's done great. in 10 minutes and it's an archive too, so that they can go back in a few years and, and hear their hmm. growth, which is really interesting. So there are some positives that I will take forward with me, even when God willing, this pandemic is over and we get back to <laughs> right. some sense of normalcy, right? Right, right, right. No, that's that's a, an excellent point. And I think it's like I was thinking for me, Google Meets, Google Classroom, I did nothing with those before, barely anything. And it's so funny the other day, I just thought I'm certainly not an expert, but it's like now it's just an everyday thing, you know, so so now I'm walking out with at least a foundational understanding of um what these things can do. And I actually voluntarily took um, a Jamboard webinar, which is unusual for me because <laughs> it's tech, but I just thought now I'm ready to kind of add some of the little frills that before I would never even have looked at. It's just like, let me use the most basic functionality of the Google suite. So that is a really good thing. Um, it's like forcing us into the 21st century teaching technology that those pesky younger teachers are so good at. <laughs> and I'll be so honest anyway. with you, for so many years, I, I pushed away from it because I yeah. was like, I just want to have that authentic live experience with my students. But guess what? Sure. We can't now. We cannot. Right. So this is a great yeah. alternative. Would I use yeah, it full sure. time when we get back to normal? No way. I would pepper it in. Yeah. But for sure... I mean, listen, if you can teach this old dog new tricks, <laughs> this dog won't eat any socks, but at right. least I can learn. Like some dogs we yes. know. Yeah, exactly. But at least I would be able to have some new things in my arsenal, you know, of yeah. ways to capture solo opportunities, especially for the kids who are a little bit more shy. This is a great opportunity Yeah, that's been a that. big thing. Yeah, the introverts feeling um, more empowered. Um, and less inhibited. And I've been really surprised by some of those kids, you know, like, literally, like, I didn't know you had that in you. And so yeah, you're just making me so positive, Chris. I'm Yay. just feeling like, so positive. Don't worry, it'll, it'll, 
It'll go away soon. <laughs> um, anything else that you want to share about the current situation? I want it to be over as soon as possible. <laughs> but other Check. than that, other than that, I just hope everybody has a good school year and that we can or, or has a school enough, year. Let's muster just... up enough courage to get through it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, let's, uh, in that spirit, I should say, we're going to be talking about some things, uh, and I'll call it like this. This is like when we get back to normal time. So, you know, we're not speaking as experts in, you know, how to covid teaching time eyes what we're about to talk about we're gonna we're gonna kind of go backwards in time and just talk through this unique approach that your district has uh with dr Firebin's conversational soulfish program um it's one in which you are simultaneously teaching both rhythmic and tonal units of conversational soulfish and you have been so patient with me uh over the years because i think i like many other people originally had this idea um, that you were like zooming through, you know, like somehow you got from, you know, unit one to unit 10 in a year, <laughs> two years or something. But what you guys are doing is it's really wonderful. And this is a true story. Every year for at least four years, I have talked to you about this, listened to you talk about it. And every year I would say, okay, you know, I'm going to do it. This, I'm going to just start it, do this approach uh, that Chris does. And just before I had my voice surgery, which is pre-COVID, um, I was like, okay, I'm planning now to do it. 2020, 2021, here we come. I'm going to start doing it the way Chris does it with conversational soulfish. And then womp womp came COVID and we got 2020. But anyway, that's just a little aside. But if you don't mind, could you summarize what this approach is and how you guys make it work so beautifully in it? But if you could just summarize that. Of course. And you know what? Really, it's, it's not very different from what Dr. Fireobin teaches because at the right. beginning of every unit in the, the purple book, the, the book one, there's like a little summary before every unit. And at the bottom of every rhythmic unit, it says, and don't forget to teach tonal patterns and songs to prep for when you get to unit four. And that's basically all we're doing. While we're teaching rhythmic units, we are teaching the ear steps of unit four. So for example, if I'm teaching second grade, now keep in mind, kindergarten and first grade is all readiness. It's it's basically following the green book, right? Doing all of the eight steps of the first steps in music workout. And then once the kids are ready and we've tested their readiness to make sure that they're um, prepared to take on literacy, that their clay pots are big enough to hold all of the information, uh, we start to teach rhythmic units and tonal units. So for example, in second grade, we would teach all of unit one and part of unit two. So that unit okay. one is the do, do day, right? And unit two is the do, do daddy. But while we're teaching that, we're teaching all of the ear familiar steps for unit four. 
And so we're singing songs, we're playing games, we're echoing patterns, we're decoding familiar patterns, we're doing the A, the C, the D patterns. Just okay. basically building a repertoire of sounds, a library of sounds for the students to you know, fall back on so that when we do get to, and this is what it looks like, or this is how we decode something that's unfamiliar, it goes by so quickly. Right. So, so that's it in a nutshell. And if the, yeah, the so way you've we really prepared that soil. Yeah, like. exactly. And if you if you think about how we do lesson planning, I, I shared this with a colleague re recently. It's it's like looking at a hamburger. The buns are fun. So the outsides of the lesson, the beginning of the lesson and the end of the lesson is you do something fun, something that makes the kids excited to come to class and sad to leave your class. And then yeah, the meat, that. the meat is your literacy, right? That's where you're mm -hmm. doing your tonal and your rhythmic literacy building. Right, from conversational soul food. Right. And I think that why it works so beautifully, it's like, it's just like a, it's not even like a tweak. It's almost like the most efficient way to run the engine of conversational solfege. Like that's, that's what I was saying before, you know, for a long time when I would hear this, I would just think like it's some kind of magic. Like somehow you're doing these units and, you know, you're doing them the exact same steps at the exact same time, but just, you know, for units one and four, and then you're doing whatever. But really what it is, is just this beautiful tweaking of, uh, of it so that it's operating at its maximum, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, and we're spending so an entire year on just yep. ear steps, familiar yep. ear steps. All of second grade is unit yep. four, which is me, Ray Doe, echoing, decoding familiar, and singing a ton of songs and playing a ton of games. Yep. And so yep. when we get to third grade and we say, now try to decode something we've never heard before, boom, it's yeah. easy. They're so primed for it. And you know... Um, I'm sure you get the same questions, you know, whether I'm doing a teacher training or online. Um, I just hear all the time or see all the time, my kids are not decoding well. My kids are not, you know, and I always say the same thing, which is the hardest thing to say. And that is, it is possible you have moved too quickly um, and your kids are just not musically developmentally ready for what you're doing. And they're telling you that. Because if they cannot decode something unfamiliar, there's a, there's a fundamental problem um, in their music processing. It's, it just can't be that an entire grade level is not able to decode and it's just some mistake in the approach. It's that you most likely pushed forward too quickly. And so you guys are taking like the requisite time and really investing in that, like what I call when I'm teaching soil preparation, you know, you can plant seeds when it warms up. But what happens a lot of times is you plant seeds in, you know, late April, because it's, you know, getting warmer. And then you do get a crop fast, but that crop is not good. Um, instead, if you take time to till the soil and, and add things to it and really work with it, and plant in late May or June, by the way, I'm making these times up because I don't know anything about planting stuff. Uh, you, <laughs> you are going to have 
a later crop in some ways, but a more rich crop. And so I think the more I think about what you guys do there, you are, as I said, maximizing the process. So uh, as we are saying, you know, something that's highlighted in this is preparation, preparing, you know, you've, you've done workshops on this and podcast episodes, prepping kids in the first step years for conversational soulfish. Now we're all doing that broadly. We should be as fire oven minded teacher, right? As we're guiding students to become tuneful, beatful and artful in the first steps, right? So everybody should be doing, but you guys were really purposeful or are in the planning part of first steps. So we're going to spend this last part talking about something very exciting that has been coming for a long time. I'm going to let you describe this new resource and it's a database. That's fair to say. Yes. Yes. yes database. I'm not good at these terms. It's a database and it's going to, I think, revolutionize the way hundreds, maybe thousands of teachers plan uh, for this, and Chris has been working her butt off. That's right, I said butt. <laughs> She's been working her butt off, or as part of the description might say, she has painstakingly analyzed this music, which is true. Would you tell us about this new resource and how it came to be, and when we might be able to get our hands on it? It's all you. All right. Well. This has been, what, 10 years in the making? <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of years. Maybe it's even been 12 years in the making. Uh, <laughs> I first was introduced to this idea of folk song analyzation when I took folk song research as part of my Kodai levels with Jeff Brown at the Hart School. Mm, Kodai and- flex alert. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone who has ever taken folk song research, you know that they- you have to analyze, like, every folk song or every rhyme down to it's like the most minute part right for some of us that's a turn on (laughs) for some of us who love data and love little bits of information about pieces it's really exciting work and I've been doing this since that class I've been adding to this repertoire list and analyzing folk songs and rhymes probably since two. 2008 when I started my Kodai levels. So actually, it's yeah, it's 12 years in the making. Wow. Yeah. So basically this database that will be uh, provided as a free resource from GIA Music. Thank you, Alec Harris. Hey. Yeah. Hey. (laughs) This will be a free resource that will be housed on the GIA website. And currently, it contains all of the first steps in music repertoire. So we're talking about the green book. We're talking about the global music book. I analyzed that. The newly revised green book, too. Yes, I should say that. Yes. And all of the newly revised book ofs. They were recently Mm. uh, revised this summer. And so I was lucky enough to get some preview copies of those and worked with Alec Harris and Brian Gibson over at GIA to help do some of the editing of them to make sure we caught all of the little things. Thank you. 
uh, to correct some things. So there was removal of repertoire. There was a repertoire was added. So these books are amazing now. I have to say hmm. they are just such a wait. great, great resource. So basically getting back to this database, <laughs> there are several different columns of information. So for example, okay. if I'm looking at the song Closet Key, I would see the title. I would see the printed source where I could find that piece. Okay. If there's a recording of that piece, there's a column that tells you where you can find the recording. Wow. It tells you the genre. Is it a simple song? Uh, it's broken down into the different eight, eight parts of the workouts, right? Right. If it's from a different country, it'll tell you what country it comes from. Awesome. It'll tell you the subject. So if you want to do a search by keys or do you want to do a search by cobblers or do you want to do a search by balloons you could search by any basically subject out there right then there are additional columns that uh, where you could find for example does this song fit into a particular rhythm unit in conversational solfege does it fit into a particular unit of the tonal units of conversational solfege. That's amazing. It will tell you what scale it is, what the tonal center is, what the tone set is. Wow. And also, if it has any DEIA information or notes you should know about the song. So that column will be ever-changing and ever-morphing as we learn more about folk songs and the history about certain folk songs we can denote that information in that column. And the best part and so that's, about this... Wait, that's diversity, equity, inclusion, and access? Accessibility, access, yes. Accessibility, okay. So D-E-I-A. D-E-I-A, D-E-I-A, yes. yes. I just want to make sure everybody knew what that meant. Yes, thank you. And the best part about it is that this will be customizable. Wow. So let's say you want to use certain songs, well, you can add information to the notes section or you can add columns Ooh. to say, I want to teach this song in this grade. So you can add a column and then you'd be able to sort by all of the songs that you use in second grade or all of the songs wow. you use in this particular grade. If you want to sort by subject, you could do that. If you want to sort by uh, rhythm unit, you could do that. Hmm. So let's say, for wow. example, you're plotting out the repertoire that you want to use in unit one, right? Okay. But you want to preload some of that repertoire in kindergarten and first grade? Well, right. this document will help you plan out, you know, I have to save this song to be unfamiliar, so I don't want to use this song in so kindergarten So don't teach this grade. song, right. Exactly. So you can... Uh, you can sort them by grade, by subject, by rhythm unit, by tonal unit. It's, it's just a very user-friendly database that is going to be customizable, and it will really help teachers with lesson planning. So when you say customizable, you don't mean it's like when you go to the you know, source document, you're not able to change that source document. You, you mean you like... Download it and you 
this is like technology, so I don't know how to say it. So you will be say able to th- so say it to me Missy like I'm Strong. six. <laughs> okay, I'm Missy Strong. I do know that. <laughs> you, Missy Strong, would be able to download a copy for you. Yes. And then you would house that on wherever you put your documents, your spreadsheets. Right. And then you would be able to edit your personal copy of it. So basically, right. all of the analyzation has been done for you. And here's the best thing. If you don't agree with the way that I analyzed it, you can can change change it. it. Right. So you're, because at first I thought you were saying it's like Wikipedia. Like I can go on there, you know, and change the source document. Um, You know, like people do when we share out documents and they forget to make a copy and they change the source document. But you're saying, no, it's download a copy for yourself and go to it. And go to it. And like I said, as we learn more information about folk songs, we can, I can personally go in and change the source document, and then you right. would have access to that information. Sure, as it changes. Yes. Um, and you have been working on this. I, I mean, you have been working on this for many years, as you said. Um, I always tell the story that when you called me, to come hang out with you for the first time, which is five years ago, I think, a little more now, I had a note from John Firebin that said, Missy, please speak to Chris about <laughs> database. And I had no idea what it meant, but as I was prone to do, I just did what he said. <laughs> and I was like, Chris, I don't know what this means. But I am supposed to encourage you to work on this amazing thing that Dr. Fire is telling me must be introduced to the world. And you looked so overwhelmed when I said <laughs> you had that look like, I know, I know, I know. And I had it. It's still on my to-do list. It's the last thing that I have on my this one specific list of like things for the future, right? So when can I cross this off my list? When is this coming out-ish? Ish, it is coming out in just a few short weeks. I just got confirmation from Alec Harris that the book ofs are actually being printed at GIA, the newly revised book ofs. Nice. And they will be available in just a few weeks. And when they are premiered or I don't, how, how would you is it premiered or I guess re debut I don't know re debut whatever um, no well you like debut the new edition debut that when that happens <laughs> when yes. that happens the database will go live on the GIA website and it will be there for anybody who is interested in it so for any of you data nerds That is not me, but that is you. I'm here to support you in your nerdiness when it comes to this. And then I will be um, on FaceTime being like, can you please tell me how to use this? (laughs) And I do have to (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. I know. I I do have to give a big shout out to uh, John Feyerobin because over the summer, we spent a lot of quality time together because there were many questions I had about (laughs) how do I analyze this particular song and this particular scale? And he would just 
help me figure out, is this Mixolydian? Is, where is the resting tone of this song? Sure, sure. So he and I, it was for a few weeks there, it was almost every day that we were meeting. Yeah, so, I bet. There are lots well, that's of great. I mean, time. then we know it's vetted, um, you know, kind of quality control has been done on it. And it sounds like such a fantastic thing. And let's say it's coming out fall. That's what we can say. That's fall. great. Fall of 2020. Yeah, that's one of four good things that happened in 2020. <laughs> so let's look forward to everything crashing and it not being available. I'm just preparing you. I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's bound to happen, folks. <laughs> like, you know, it'll be like, oh, the whole thing is suddenly in French. Like, we don't know why and we cannot get it to not be in French. But the French teachers are happy. Or everybody's editing my copy of it. <laughs> right, exactly. You know it's going to tank. Chris, I'm just preparing you for <laughs> We are going to get 2020 again yes. by this. But maybe not. Maybe this will fall into the four good things that happened in 2020 category. And I I'm, certainly I'm pulling so. for you. I'm pulling for you. <laughs> I want I this to be up so. there. <laughs> <laughs> and and here's, um, the, here's the best part. This is just the beginning, right? So this has all of the first steps materials. And yes, while it's just the first steps materials, I did analyze it to see which songs fit into rhythm and tonal units. So it does have a conversational solfege component to it. But it is my mm -hmm. hope that in the future, I'll be able to add book one, book two, book three, and who knows what else is coming? Maybe a possible book four <laughs> of conversational solfege. Yeah, right. So hopefully we'll be able to include that repertoire as well. So it will be one master fireobbend repertoire <laughs> database to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, exactly. <laughs> it's late at night. So if I'm understanding it correctly, another amazing thing that can happen is that as we find more authentic repertoire from other cultures and from our culture, if we find it and, you know, whatever, it can be put into this document. Is that correct? 100%. That's the greatest part about this is that this document will become yours. So mm. you can customize it any way that you like, much like how Dr. Fireopin created the conversational solfege books to be binders. Binders. So that right. if you found a piece of rep, for example, I use a uh, bate bate chocolate in for unit one. Right. It doesn't happen to be in unit one right now. So I photocopied right. it and I stuck it right in there. And then you could add that to your database. You could add all the fields in and you could customize it to add repertoire that are your tried and true pieces as well. So you don't lose those and you can see where they fit into this particular rhythm unit or this particular tonal unit. And if they don't, maybe they fit into uh, the circle game category or maybe it's right. a song tale. Sure. So it's a way of organizing your materials in one spot. So it's great that once I, Missy Strong, have downloaded my copy named Missy Strong's copy of this database. Um, I can add other pieces of repertoire to it 
that I find that fits into, for example, unit three of conversational soul fetch. Just like, as you're saying, the, you know, the binder is a physical binder. It's like putting it all there in one place. And the more I think about this, just the more amazing it is. And thank you to you for sharing years of work. Thank you to Alec Harris at GIA for his continuous willingness to forward this important work of Dr. Fire Robbins and, and his love for music education. Thank you to Brian Gibson, who's my favorite editor. Whip smart, thoughtful, hardworking. And anything else you want to share about that or have we covered it all? I just want to reiterate what a joy it was to work on this. And I felt such support from Alec and John and Brian. And it was a real treat to have something to focus on during the summer. <laughs> because yeah. even though I did focus a lot on baseball this summer with my son, <laughs> uh, really what else was there to do, folks? Not a whole yeah. lot. So I felt like this gave me a little bit of purpose to really... No, it absolutely did. To fine-tune it after all the years of work, to really fine-tune it and make sure it was ready for everybody to use. And, and hopefully people will find it helpful and hopefully I've saved some people years of work. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, not hopefully for sure this is going to do that. Uh, thank you for all this work and thank you for sharing it. Thanks for having me, my dear. Well, I wouldn't have it any other way. So have you had a chance yet to check out the database? If not, get to it. What a fantastic and, did I mention free, resource that will go so far in helping music educators plan their lessons. Thank you, Chrisanne, for sharing your hard work. And thank you, GIA, for providing it for music teachers. Have questions for me or want to send in questions or comments for me to talk about on air? Send them to me at musicedwithmissy at gmail.com. Or you can also reach out to me on my Music Ed with Missy Facebook page, on Instagram at Music Ed with Missy, or on my Twitter account at DocStrong26. I truly love to hear from you. Our podcast music was composed and performed by Jeremy and Owen Strong. Jeremy also serves as the audio engineer and editor for the podcast. I would be so grateful if you would share this new podcast with your friends and colleagues. And if you would be willing to subscribe and rate it wherever you listen, well, that would just make my whole week since these are the ways that we can get the word out. Thank you for spending time with me. I know that you are busy and I know that life is demanding so much from you. I hope that it was worthwhile and that you're motivated to reflect on your philosophy and practice. I'll see you next time. But until then, keep doing all you can to create a more musical, thoughtful, and just world for your students, families, and your community.